Welcome to Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio. On today's show, examining the Chiefs' results versus playoff teams, has Mahomes eliminated his biggest weakness this year and one-star receiver could be on the move this offseason? Special guests include Josh Klingler at 1230. Now two guys vowing never again to reference Forrest Gump on the air. Cody Tapp and Alex Gold. Yeah, you know, at least not for a little while. At least not for a little while. I'm excited to report that. Obviously, we're all three are here. Uh, there's no suspension or anything. Specifically, that Nick, we get specifically, Nick made it. The text line was a little concerned that we were there. Someone specifically had texted in yesterday as we were discussing that and said because Nick kept after, saying that kid got AIDS. Yeah, said they're wondering Virginia. if we were going to get it. You know, being talked to after the show. I can Just confirm that did not happen. Clear. I did reference AIDS in front of our boss this morning before the show, and no mention was made. Maybe he missed that part of the show. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. So, yeah, no Forrest Gump conversations today. Maybe another time. Maybe another time. Maybe, you know, Friday night, for those of you going to be at our beer release party, if you want to talk about Forrest Gump, maybe we can we can do that over some beers. We'll be at Cinderblock Brewery on Friday night for our playoff Pilsner, our beer release party. It'll be a ton of fun. Cannot wait for that. Just a couple days away. How you doing? You good? You all right? Good. Okay. Yeah. No complaints. Just checking. Just making sure. And, um, I'm, I'm trying to avoid Forrest Gump conversations okay, today as well. Okay, you're on the same page. And you know what? Nick did that and he pissed off Vinny yesterday. You had quite the yeah. show. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, there might you be You essentially re- called a regular guest on this show who's been coming on generously this entire time fat. You fat shamed no, Vinny Pasquantino. I said, big. I said he was big. He is. He's knee like 6'4", professional athlete, very strong. Yeah, I'm just saying you're... They wait, just soften the blow now. Stuff, when you make comments like that towards Vinny, I'm just, there might be repercussions for doing things like that. We already tried to ask about Nashville, and, and it already he sounded like... He got very yeah. quiet yesterday when I tried to apologize on behalf of Nick. Mm-hmm. I went out of my way in a separate chat to be like, I'm sorry for his behavior. No, wow. you did not. You apologized separately? Yes. That is actually, you know what? If you did that, I'll never forgive you. <laughs> You'll never forgive me? You, cho- Yeah, choosing like a professional relationship over the relationship that you and I oh. have, which is deeper than just this show. Right? We're friends. We hang out outside of the show. Do you and Vinny get together? Or no. are you just <laughs> sucking up to him because he's a professional athlete? That's not what's happening. I'm exactly exactly worried that you did not wow. treat him exactly professionally. What's happening. You're sucking up to him because you think if you're nice to him, you're going to get some sort of fringe benefits of being friends with an athlete. That's not uh, how it works. What Choose fringe me. Benefit? Call No, text him back right now. Now, oh, you have you have until two o'clock to text him back and say, you know what, I stand wow. by whatever Nick said, or this friendship is over. Cody, you have well, a decision to make. Is I over? think you have a decision to make. Then it sounds like the fact that it. you're throwing me under the bus. I didn't throw just to you, like earn brownie points. You, you, is no, a you sidebarred member of this show. You sidebarred him to apologize for me. Didn't you want that? That way, you didn't have to do it. Uh, no, if I was sorry, I would have apologized, <laughs> which I didn't. Sounds like you, you guys can work through this over the next four hours because Nick set a deadline. He set a deadline. He set Three a deadline. hours and 56 he, minutes he, from now. Yeah, he set a deadline for you. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Of course, you guys can interact with us as always at 913-586-7610. But you look at the, the Chiefs who, of course, get to sit back and, and watch like all of us this weekend as the playoffs get going. They're 6-2 and two against playoff teams. These AFC playoff teams, the Chiefs are 6-2. and two, And I think... Normally, if I told you any team, let alone the Chiefs, you're going to a postseason and you're six and two, or maybe in some cases you were seven and one, depending on the team, against playoff teams, you'd be touting that and, and, and you'd be extremely confident. 
because of that fact, like, hey, look what you've done against these playoff teams, not just above 500, but only two losses. You're also the number one seed. All this would have come together. I don't know about you, but I, I feel because those two losses are against the two teams that we all agree most likely you're going to play in an AFC title game, Cincinnati and or, or not and or, but Cincinnati or Buffalo, that it doesn't have the same feeling that maybe normally a six and two playoff record would have. The fact that Cincinnati beats you in the AFC title game a year ago at Arrowhead. I know, but we made the opposite point about this, about Kansas City going into the postseason last year and their struggles against yeah. winning opponents in the postseason last year. And still at that moment, Gold, it ended up mattering, right? They lost. Unlike the other two years where they went to the Super Bowl, their record against winning teams ended up burning them against a winning team. Kansas City being 6-2 and two against playoff teams, that means something to me. Specifically the fact that they have a plus 54-point differential. Buffalo, who is 3-2 against playoff teams yes. in the field this year, has a plus 5 differential. So even if you want to like nitpick a little bit, you want to say against the AFC teams, the Chiefs are 3-2, and two, right? So they're 3-0 and oh against the NFC. A conference we think is weaker, generally speaking, they still have a winning record against the AFC, and they still have a plus nine differential better than the other side. I get it. Buffalo and Cincinnati me, yeah. is three and one against the AFC if you rank it out the same way. They're losing to the NFC teams instead, and maybe that's making a difference. But I I really do think that there's something to that level of success against just there, general playoff teams. There is, but I, I think if you, you also you break it down to who you're likely going to see. We know if, if everything goes the way everybody thinks it's going to go, and certainly that's not usually how everything works out, but we think they're going to play the Chargers, right, in the divisional round. We know Kansas City's 2-0 and against the Chargers this season. Very close games, but 2-0 and against the Chargers. Then we think that they will, with a win, go to an AFC title game and play the winner, we think, of the Buffalo-Cincinnati game, where either way, they're 0-1 against each of those teams. So the path of the teams we think they're going to have to play to get to the Super Bowl, their record is a combined, you know, two and two, really, right? Two losses, Cincinnati, Buffalo, two wins against the Chargers. That's how I'm viewing it. Like, my, they haven't played Miami this year. They played the Jags this year, but right now people are discounting the Jaguars' chances of being the Chargers. Either way, it's one. It's either 1-0 or 2-0 yeah. against those teams. So that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Like, the potential two teams that Chiefs are going to have to face before the Super Bowl. 2-0. Yeah. They're 2-0 against those, and they're 0-2 against the other in the AFC yeah. title game. I get the split. It's not well, – actually, they're 3-0 because they beat the Chargers twice and Jacksonville once. They're 3-0 against those two teams and 0-2 against – But you're only playing the, one of them is what I'm saying. Like, you're, you're not playing both of them, right? You're only playing one of – you're only sure. playing one of Chargers and or Jacks. But in that you're case, only playing one of Cincinnati or Buffalo. Which means they're 1-0 and 0-1. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, then we're really reducing yeah. it down to yeah. – it doesn't matter that they lost to both Cincinnati and Buffalo because I'll be honest – those two losses, in my mind, are very different. The Buffalo one, I felt like they should have lost. They made some mistakes. They made a lot of mistakes, and it cost them that game. The Cincinnati one was one super uncharacteristic Travis Kelsey fumble away from a win. Sure. To me, that one is way more but fluky that of been, a loss than Buffalo. No, I get it. Hasn't that been the story that well, when the they played thing. Cincinnati? I mean, yes. the, the AFC title game last year, they were up 18, wasn't but here's, it? But here's the thing. The thing about the Cincinnati game, and weirdly enough, where I've started to shift at least a little bit of, the Kansas City and Buffalo, they get, in, they get in fights. They are two equal competitors. The one thing that can talk me into the fact that even though they've lost to Cincinnati is in every single one of the last three losses to Cincinnati, they've gotten up double digits. 
They have an advantage in Cincinnati in some area to even build those leads. They never get up like 10, 15 on Buffalo. They consistently do that against Cincinnati. So if they could just stop making that one critical error against Cincinnati, I see the path to victory a lot easier than I know at this point against Buffalo, it's probably just going to come down to it's the two minute warning in the fourth quarter and who ended up with the football. Like that's much more likely to be the case at this point than any other problem Kansas City faces. It's tough because, but like, I think beating playoff teams to me matters. I get it. They're like plus 30 and 3 and 0 against some playoff teams. We don't take all that seriously, like Tampa Bay. But San Francisco, I don't care when that game happened. That's still a beating them by 20. And I know that's boosting your point differential numbers. That's big. For sure. They're the NF, like, a lot of people think that they're the best team in the NFC, the team most likely to go to the Super Bowl. They beat them by 20 in their building. Like, I, you know, I, I think that that holds some weight when I think what they're going to do against playoff teams this year. And when you bring up Buffalo, too, we know that you know, how much does the neutral site play into that as well? We can get into that a little bit later on uh, in the show. Uh, but how much does that match up? How does that change your thought process? Understanding the Chiefs at Arrowhead did lose in an AFC title game, but looking at uh, what that might mean for both fan bases in a potential neutral site, which we only know comes into play if it's the Chiefs and if it's the the Bills in an AFC title game as well. The one thing that's different heading into this postseason, you know, this is going to be an MVP year for Patrick Mahomes. I know he hasn't officially won it. We're not going to learn that until the night before the Super Bowl at the NFL Honors. Uh, but Patrick Mahomes is going to be the MVP this year. And so when you're looking at weaknesses, maybe last year you certainly could find one. I don't know what it would be for this year. If you're looking at weaknesses for your quarterback last year, going to the postseason, there was some reason to be somewhat concerned. Okay. Uh, understanding that with Patrick Mahomes, he is always going to be the the biggest benefit that your football team's ever going to have. But this year, I mean, honestly, what, what is that? What is that weakness? An MVP, it's an MVP season, but he, that's what I thought too, Cody, but maybe he, 12 picks, the same amount as Joe Burrow, less than Josh Allen. And he's got 41, 42 touchdowns. It's more than Justin Herbert, but he has like almost twice yeah, as Herbert many had touchdowns. 25 touchdowns this year or something. He barely, you know, barely threw any by that standard. Well, because they had a super conservative offense. I think the era of like Aaron Rodgers, I still, I think it's pretty clear. Aaron Rodgers is going to go down is the one, the one example of a guy who just threw like seven interceptions every year. He's going to be the anomaly, not the case. He threw a pretty big one on Sunday night. Oh, and he said, he said, (laughs) this is the most interceptions he's thrown in like 15 years this season. I think with a certain amount of going after it, the thing I would say, like the only reason why I would say turnovers is it seems like his this year gold have been a little more uncharacteristic as there's several in key areas of the field or in big moments of the game, right? Like a couple of those came, those turnovers came in late driving situations like against Buffalo, or they came in the red zone a couple of times. But honestly, if I'm saying that, then I'm nitpicking. I I am nitpicking. Because if you're asking me right now, what's Patrick Mahomes' single biggest weakness? I would say he doesn't have one. And it's very difficult to have that conversation right now when he's in the middle of winning his second MVP. You know? He's going to win it. I don't know what the odds are now or if it's even on the board anymore. Plus 5,000 gold, it doesn't real or minus 5,000, yeah. whatever it is. He is such a heavy favorite. I'm surprised you can even bet any money on it. He's clearly the NFL's best quarterback. And the biggest weakness he had to date, 
going into this season was related to his inability to accept the check down, which clears that. I think if another, if you could say like, I don't know, footwork. Like, and, and I mean, honest to God, if that's the thing you're complaining, be like, hey, you know what? He could clean up his footwork a little bit. I'm like, he just threw for 5,300 yards and 40 plus touchdowns. I don't know that I'm all worried about the fact that sometimes his feet get a little screwy, you know? <laughs> It does at that point. It just feels like I'm looking for something that clearly doesn't bother him enough or keep him from being tremendous or great or the best quarterback in the NFL. I think we're at a point now that you can't really legitimately point at something he does. All oh, that wrong. oh, wrong, 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 guys! I don't know if you guys saw this yesterday, but the great Jason Brown, last chance, you oh, yeah, coach I from. Uh, was, I did yeah. not see this. Do you oh, follow him on Twitter or something? Oh, no, man. Uh, well, yeah, he was I, on a radio. I sh- he was on he with everybody's favorite. Uh, Oh, 610 legend. 610 legend, former Kansas City Star columnist, Jason Whitlock. Go ahead, Nick. Well, he said this that Patrick, Patrick Mahomes <laughs> is a gimmicky. He made actually Jason Whitlock look uh, sane because Jason Whitlock was uh, trying to defend Patrick Mahomes. He said Patrick Mahomes is a gimmicky quarterback. <laughs> gimmicky quarterback because uh, I think it was like 30 of his 41 touchdowns have come off either shovel passes or passes inside the 10-yard line, which means he's not good. Yeah, the last and chance he, he refuses, coach saying Mahomes is overrated. And he said that he only has one. If he's so good, then why does he only have one title? He has as many titles as Russell Wilson and one less than Eli Manning, and he will not be talking about him again First, until he wins another title. Mahomes so, is 27 years old. <laughs> he's 20 years older than him. Yeah. Russell Wilson's like eight. I don't know how old Russell Wilson and, is. And I don't know, man. Like, made a lot of good points. Made a lot of good points. Obviously, three wins. They're they're a long ways away. But he is also. It, I can make it sound very simple. Mahomes is only three more wins away from another Super Bowl. Obviously, wait, he's wait, wait tougher than just looking at it that way. But that's that that's. I don't even know why we're acknowledging Jason Brown to begin with. I mean, he couldn't even keep his job. Correct. Division two or community college or whatever. I don't know. Community college. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of politics involved in that. That's though. what he'll tell you. Yeah. What were the politics? I, I like the show, by the oh, way. Oh man, the show was great, Cody. But... We don't want. Uh, if you want to talk politics, ask ask Alex. But <laughs> I don't want to get into politics today. The politics of local community college. Yeah, honestly, just... we shouldn't even be giving this guy airtime. Let's not even talk about it anymore. <laughs> You're the one who brought it up. Well, pretty sure. Pretty well. sure. He doesn't have a weakness. He couldn't. Like I mean, again, all of them would just be like the things that you would like pick on minor things. But like, boy, you know, I wish he completed a few more deep passes. And you're like fifty three hundred yards, forty plus touchdowns. It doesn't like I don't know that you need other evidence than that. He's been in the like right now. What Patrick Mahomes is doing is still like the way I just talked about, like Aaron Rodgers and his interception rate. He's won twelve games all five years. He is barreling towards his fifth consecutive appearance in an AFC title game. He is two games away from playing in his third Super Bowl. Like, whatever it is. He's won MB- two MVPs. He already has a title. Like, if he wins a second title, I don't know that you can better write up the first five years of an NFL career. Two MVP, two Super Bowl wins, five straight 12-win seasons and five straight appearances in an AFC title game and three Super Bowl appearances with two wins. It'd be impossible. Yeah, because of the regular season success, you're still not going to play a road playoff game in your career yet. Yeah, this year you're not. You might play a neutral site yeah, playoff game. But not a road game. Not a road game. We'll talk about that in a minute, I suppose. Yeah, it's just, it's nuts, man. It's nuts to think about. And 
you know, like you're looking at, we, we talk about the Pro Bowl stuff doesn't matter, but the All Pros do. And I just saw just within the last couple of minutes, the All Pros came out. Now, this is this is for voted, the NFLPA. They have a yeah, new one, right? Yeah, the NFL. This is voted on by the players, which honestly, I'll put more stock in that than a bunch of random people that are doing the the All Pro from the AP, right? Well, I saw um, Benjamin Solak already put his out, and he had Christian's second team. So, so there's two different All Pros. The one that's been recognized forever has been the AP one. That's not out yet, but the Players Association just came out minutes ago with their All Pro list. The Chiefs had four first-team All Pros. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones was first-team All Pro on this list, and then Tommy Townsend. Tommy Townsend. Tommy the Townsend, redemption man. tour of Tommy Townsend hey, he can after punt. Dustin Colquitt's comments was- coming further around. If it wasn't for Dustin Colquitt's comments, nobody would be... Like, Tommy Townsend as a punter this year has been incredible. I think Nick has specifically requested that we never mention Dustin Colquitt's name on this show ever again. I mean, I don't care. That's fine. That we're, a, we're, we're a Tommy Townsend show? Well, we've established that, yeah. We, we actually... You were, you were gone. We, we, we started the, uh, the hashtag Townsend for Pro Bowl. Did you start it, or did that mm-hmm. already exist? Uh, we started it. You sure? Yep. Interesting. Didn't get a lot of traction, but he still got votes, you know? Well, that's good, I guess. I'm glad he still got votes. And he's uh, all pro according to the NFLPA. What more do you need to know? I mean, I would argue the one voted on by your peers is more important. Uh, do I trust 50 so uh, some odd AP writers that are voting? Here's or the thing. do I trust peers here's the that thing play the sport yeah and for an award like actually when it comes to awards i do like the players voting on it better it depends you don't i it i mean i think that there's probably stock in both if we're being honest like i understand the notion that is like i think it's this is like the argument for you know whether or not like you think it's like what the texans did is right or not right from a from a player's perspective, you could never ask him to do that. But from a, like an actual, like you want your team to be good perspective, not getting that two point conversion is the better. Or I guess I don't see the relation because like this is just an award. Like I, I let's say you're I don't a, think being an outsider is always a bad thing. No, I'm not saying sense. that. I, but like if we're talking about an award and like who do, who do the players in the league think is the best interior yeah. defensive lineman? Do I trust? The interior defensive lineman for 32 other teams to tell me who that is? Or do I trust the 65-year-old sports writer that's overweight that, that doesn't play the game? Like, for that, I actually do. I actually do trust the former player. Or the current player, excuse me. No, I, I, I'm not saying I don't trust that their opinion on it. I just think, if this makes sense, I think both opinions are valid. Like, for instance, Aaron Donald only played 11 games this year. I don't know that that should get you an all-pro. I think you should have to play a majority of the year and be a dominant interior force for the entire year. In order to to honor yeah. that, I'm not saying he's not one of the best interior defensive linemen of the year, but if it's a yearly award, I don't think playing in ten games should benefit you in that. And I think players sometimes don't take into account <laughs> says, those small things. I Tommy guess, Townsend is the All Pro punter. That means he's the All Pro holder as well. Like, do they go hand in hand? I mean, that's kind of the job together. I think that this case, some teams just, use the quarter. Some teams use quarterback yeah, a quarterback true. as the holder, though. You know. I just always go back to like that Romo thing when they just kept having him do it, even though he was the starting quarterback. That was one of the weirdest decisions of all time. Looking back on it, the fact that they had a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback in an NFL playoff game, Gold, holding kicks is insane. Like you just, you have to focus on other things. There's just no way that that can be the job that you're in charge of. 
That, at least, I'm pretty sure of. And yet, somehow, we were there. Still, I mean, I get that the NFL... Like, the real question is, in the end of the road, when they start yeah. voting on Hall of Fame stuff, how much will they factor in NFLPA All-Pros yeah. versus AP All-Pros? Because to this point, they've only been counting one because only one existed. Correct. Yeah, that I don't know the answer. I mean, we'll see as time goes on. Do people put more stock in this one versus the AP one? It's been Honestly, I think so they'll long. probably discuss both because you're going to try to rack up. It'll be like a different line item. This is how many All-Pros I got APs, and this is how many NFLPA All-Pros I got. I think it'll matter... Um how different are the two, right? You know, where are the discrepancies? Like on this one, some people are already complaining because Micah Parsons is not on this on the, on the players one. So does the AP one have Micah Parsons? Does it, this one doesn't? You know, I mean, not having Micah Parsons on there is right. I mean, you know, Nick does. You know, Nick Bolton's not on there, um, but I don't have much of an issue seeing Fred Warner uh, as an out, off ball linebacker get in there and Rokon Smith, who's and been tremendous. So there's there's always going to be somebody that feels like their guy got got screwed. Up. I'm happy to see Chris Jones, at least on this one, at very least, though, is uh, an all pro interior defensive lineman as, as he absolutely and look, just because be. one guy I mentioned had him as second team doesn't mean he's not going to end up being as a first team all pro. Everybody view. And this is the thing. The players, the fans, the the writers, because I mean, like Hall of Fame balloting for Major League Baseball is a perfect example. Of this like somebody, you know, like uh, there's a there's a. There's a Twitter account that shares everyone's ballot as they slowly become. Like, one guy voted for no one. I'm like, shut up. What's wrong with you? Just, just, you're an idiot. Like, the problem is, there'll be players who vote for this that are also idiots. You know? Or won't vote for a guy because they don't like him. Whatever. There's so many reasons why. It's like taking somehow, like, to me, I think most things should be like, let's have people who are on the outside, right? Us. We don't have opinions on the players necessarily strongly or whatever. And put the player one together and then get your vote. Because that's honestly how you're probably going to get the better answer. We all agree that the fans are the one group you have to leave out. For serious ones, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, listeners of this show. <laughs> For you serious guys, ones? You know, you don't see us objectively. I don't either sometimes. I get it, but that's not it. There was a bit of a... So I, I woke up to a bit of a problem in the group chat that I had asked to leave. This You're still in the group chat. So who's in the group chat? Not Nick. He got know. out of that smartly, I guess. Nick's out of the group chat. Specs out of the group chat. By the chat. way, I mean, just talk about next level move. You guys were both like, oh, well, I'm still going to stay in it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep checking in intermittently so, if you're if you're standing by your decision to stay what? in the group I specifically chat. asked to leave it. So anyway, they said, hey, last they said what they did two last chances is the problem. They did two times ago. They did a last chance said last chance to get in the group chat. I said, yeah, that's cool. I'm and I out. Got, by the way, I got raked over the coals the day I asked that. And everybody was saying I'm being a curmudgeon who wouldn't want to talk sports with their coworker. You guys have no freaking idea how miserable that group chat is. It is awful. And now Carrington is actively mad at Alex because in the middle of the Kansas game last night, when they were trailing by five and then later 10, he sent off Carrington a barrage of texts directed at Alex, begging him, pleading even, for him to make a live wager on Kansas for him because Carrington lives in Missouri and Alex, of course, lives in Kansas. Yeah, and why I've, didn't you make the I bet? I haven't seen Carrington yet today. I think he's very upset with me still based off of the text exchange. This was the group chat. It wasn't a text directly. Uh, so after like 945, 950, we've talked about this before. 
not only do I, in general, hide the alerts for the group chat because there's way too many, so that's in general. I don't get notifications on that group chat. But I have Do Not Disturb. I'm sure other people do as well, different times. During weeknights, I have Do Not Disturb turn on at a certain time. I think it's like in my phone. I think it's 9.50 or something like that. I think I go for like 11 o'clock-ish. Right. It doesn't mean that I don't check my phone after 9.50 or 9.45. I just don't I don't need to be in. Like, if something's that important, you can call me. Like, you got to wind it, down for the night. Sure. Would you have made the bed for him? Um, I don't, so here's, let me get into more details on that. So here's, here's the explanation. A couple things. One, so I don't check my phone for the final six, seven minutes, whatever it was of, of the KU game. I'm watching the KU game. In fact, that's exactly why I'm glad I had do not disturb on because I, I'm trying to watch the basketball game. I don't want my phone vibrating 25 times because that's about how many there were, I guess. Anyway, KU comes back and wins. I'm excited. Obviously my alma mater won. I'm check my phone. Cause I was going to eventually hop on Twitter and I see that I had like 30 notifications. I'm like, what the hell? I pull up and I scroll through, and it's Carrington. He's saying, "Hey, Alex, this was you know not sidebar. 15, like he could have he could have texted you individually. This no, is this in the group chat. Kept this it was, in the group chat. This was like 15 minutes or so earlier. And he's like, "Hey, Alex, can you make a bet? Alex, I need your help. Plus 700. I still want it. Plus 250. All the all these opportunities to bet. And there's other people in this group chat, by the way. And I'm assuming I'm not the only person he knows that lives in Kansas. Obviously, I come back." And he's very upset with me because I, I didn't. His producer I, lives in he Kansas. He thinks I lied. He said, you just you started texting me right after the game, but you didn't text before. He can believe that. I, he can think I'm a liar, I guess. That's fine. I told you what happens. My phone goes to do not disturb at a certain time during the game. I'm not going to check my phone nonstop when KU's down by 10, and I'm not happy about that at the time. And, yeah, to answer your question, would I have made the bet? Yes and no. Here's why. He wanted me to make it on a certain sportsbook app that I don't use as prominently, and so I don't have money in that account. So he would have, in the time being, had to have Venmo'd me and made the wager. Live odds changed. He never would have got the plus 700 with me anyway. He claims I cost him 500 bucks. I dispute that drastically. And since when was I on call for CDOT's bets? That's the biggest problem. That's it, too. That's the it's biggest one thing issue if here. It's one thing if he's like, hey, Gold, you know, can you make me a futures bet on sure. – NBA MVP. Hey, can you bet on on Saturday's game for me when you have ample time to make that bet? But for a live bet, like something that you need to be on call for, <laughs> you're not a surgeon. You can't just be prompted at any and given moment was, to do it something. It should be of note that Rob responded to Carrington at that time. Being Who like, was yeah, in come Kansas. on, Gold. Yeah, yeah. Rob so, was in Rob, Kansas. Carrington's producer who he spends probably more time with than just about anybody because they work together so closely on their show. And Rob was in Kansas. Yes, he was at Allen Fieldhouse. We know the cell signal can be rough. Rob did respond to a text. I looked in the chain. And I have made multiple bets inside Allen Fieldhouse this year. So if anything... How come Rob's not taking some heat? His direct producer. And if Carrington, because I know. And I always talking Car- about how they're like a family and they have each other's back. They like do trust okay. halls or something. We're talking a lot Carrington's about that. probably driving in right now and listening. I'm sure at some point today he's going to come in, in the studio, and that's fine. Uh, the, the fact, if it was really that desperate, he could have just called. I need Carrington, I need Carrington to know something. <laughs> it right. feels like he's getting ready to give yeah, a speech. I, I enjoy the banter with Carrington at work. I enjoy, you know, crossing paths in between shows. I need him to know that he personally is the reason I left that group chat. (laughs) He texts in the group chat more than anybody else. And he texts about things that don't need to be sent in a group chat. I.e. 
asking you to make a bet. For, if it was that important, he would have texted you individually. The <laughs> fact that he sent it in a group chat with 13 other people makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. He is the reason I left because it's the volume of texts of things that simply do not need to be shared. More reason for CDOT is to move to Kansas. You know, everybody, Kansas. everybody should move to Kansas, including I agree, including the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> Them first, and then everybody else can follow. A lot of people saying Carrington lives downtown, four minutes from the Kansas border. If he was that desperate, get in your damn car and drive and go make the bet. Could have still gotten it like plus three hundred if you uh-huh. if you'd gotten in the car fast enough. And I, I think it's funny that because you're known as the gambling expert, that you're the only one who could make a bet. <laughs> Like, as I if mean, it's going to be any different Car- for you to make it than uh, anyone else. Carrington's a very popular guy. I would imagine he has plenty of people he knows that live in Kansas. He could have fired off a tweet and gotten someone to make that bet for him. I mean, I understand why you didn't do that. But, yeah, I get your point. I have never felt more grateful to be out of that group chat than when you told me <laughs> that story this morning. I actually think I'm going to leave it today. He still could have texted you last night, by the way. Would <laughs> you have done it? Hell no. <laughs> out of principle. Out of principle. <laughs> so we'll see. I'm sure we'll check in with CDOT a little bit later on uh, in in the show coming up next though there's a player out there that reportedly could be on the move i don't think the Chiefs should be interested we'll tell you who it is and why next you're listening to cody and gold brought to you by gan asphalt and concrete for asphalt concrete and parking lot maintenance gan asphalt and concrete one contractor all things parking lot trusted in kansas city since 1994 online at gannasphalt.com subscribe and download all new episodes of nick's waving in the week podcast released every thursday on the 435 podcast network and the odyssey app All right, just getting started here on a Wednesday. It's Cody and Gold. Wanted to pass along an update. The Buffalo Bills just putting an update out in the last few minutes. Fantastic news. We already knew that DeMar Hamlin had moved from Cincinnati to a a Buffalo hospital. Well, now he's out of the hospital altogether. The statement coming out from Buffalo, DeMar Hamlin has been discharged from Buffalo General Medical Center. He was admitted on Monday, went through comprehensive medical evaluation, as well as a series of cardiac, neurological, and vascular testing on Tuesday. And one of the critical care physicians uh, putting out a quote that said, we have completed a series of tests and evaluations in consultation with the team physicians. We're confident that DeMar can be safely discharged to continue his rehabilitation at home and with the Bills. So uh, today's Wednesday. All this happened last Monday. Just to think that he's already home and now he's going to do rehab. It's, you know, obviously the doctors are incredible. Modern medicine's incredible. His recovery is incredible. Awesome, awesome to see. I think I saw last night the report was that they did determine it was because of the hit, not like a prior cardiac issue, which in a way is kind of reassuring because then at least because that's what it seemed like at the time, because it's scarier when all of a sudden because that's how like other players have died on the field before. Right. It was like they had an undiagnosed heart problem. They just didn't know about and so, it's so scary. what about the hit, though? Like, what? Because that didn't seem like it was all that the, violent of a hit. The simple medical explanation from most people, what they believe happened, I think they're still investigating it, is there are certain things that can happen, trauma directly to your chest, that if they just happen, weirdly enough, at the right time, that can narc your heart. It's like getting hit with a baseball in the chest. You can get hit in the baseball in the chest and be okay, but if you get hit in the baseball in the chest at the wrong time, at the right, you know, like. Okay, so then can we use this as an opportunity, at least for Goldeneye? Cody, I don't know if this. It applies to you, but if you are one of the people that has been inundating us on Twitter with DMs about uh, medical conditions and vaccine opinions, please, please cease that <laughs> please communi- cease line of communication <laughs> immediately. 
because, quite frankly, I'm just not interested in engaging in that. I got no short of, like, 30 DMs from someone, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why we're Please stop. giving that person attention. No, we're not, the same we're not person? giving him attention. I'm just saying stop doing it, you know? Yeah. Let's um, call this a draw. While we're on NFL injury news and updates, a couple real quick. Mike McDaniel, the head coach of the Dolphins, just now uh, mentioning that Tua still is not cleared. He will not play against the Bills. So that means two, I mean, Tua's season's done. He's done. Unless... Skyler Thompson or Teddy Bridgewater upset the Bills. And even then, it's still probably not likely Tua plays the next week. He uh, shouldn't Tua play. Tua has not been cleared for... What if for, they win the next game, though, too? Yeah, I, I agree. Skyler Thompson I, takes him to the I, AFC title game. So I agree with you, Cody. The Buffalo and the Chiefs. I agree with you. Like, I say the same thing. Like, you're like, he shouldn't play. I agree, but like, if the doctors think he should play or okay to play, then he can play. Like, the doctors are saying he can't play, so that's why he's not playing. I know, but you I'm know? just saying, like, this feels like the moment of your life to very carefully make your next step. You got three concussions in a single year. And I know it's only two diagnosed by the team. Be smart about this. It was clearly three concussions, and we know it was three concussions. So just be very careful about how you make your... If you want to keep playing NFL football, be very careful with your body here in these next upcoming months so that you can actually still have a career. I, yeah, I, I don't disagree. Again, it's the big thing is like the doctors just aren't even clearing the guy. This is uh, why the Dolphins are going to end up going for a guy like Carr, Derek Carr, because they they sold themselves to a point that they can't really afford easily to go rookie quarterback out of the draft. They are more in line to need a veteran quarterback to, you know, go with all the other weapons they already have in place, right? Yeah, I mean, I think Derek Carr is an option for any of these teams, like the Jets, for sure. the Dolphins. All that is in play, no doubt. So anyway, a couple updates on the injury front. Great news, Damar Hamlin out of the Buffalo Hospital, going to start rehabbing with the Bills organization. And then an update, uh, unfortunately for Tua, not cleared, not able to play this weekend. So it'll be Skylar Thompson or Teddy Bridgewater against the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are 10-point favorites, understandably so, in that game. Uh, as the offseason is a beginning already for multiple teams in the league as they're not in the postseason, one of them's the Arizona Cardinals. We know Cliff Kingsbury out. Uh, Steve Kime, their GM, out. They're already looking ahead. There's a report from Jordan Schultz, friend of the show, uh, that says a source is telling him the Cardinals are planning to try and trade star wide receiver and all pro DeAndre Hopkins this offseason. He has two years left on his current deal, 34 mil. So actually, in today's day and age, 17 million, not bad. I'm interested at that. The problem is he's likely to seek a new deal. Um, For those that automatically react, always like, oh, the Chiefs should trade for him. If you told me for I want to I want this on the record okay. though that this was not me. Oh yeah, the fair first enough. time yeah, somebody yeah. came up yeah. as a possible trade candidate that I did not Correct. mention them Correct. going to the Chiefs. This is true. I well, want that. I want that. No, that's never been the issue. It's that mentioning them coming to the Chiefs has never been the issue. It's the uh, advocacy for any available player that you said they should get him. Okay, Gold hasn't said that yet. <laughs> we'll see where this conversation right. goes though. All right, Gold. <laughs> so, Do you think the Chiefs should go after D Hop? No, because he needs a new deal reportedly. You know, and that if you told me he could just you could trade him and 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 give up, I don't know, a third round pick and something else, or whatever, second round pick and something else, I'd be interested. Two years at sixteen mil or so. Yeah, very interested. Knowing the wide receiver depth right now and where you're at, and then that would solve your issue whether or not you would be paying Juju to come back or not. The problem is if he wants a new deal, Cody, he's 30 years old. He missed six games this year due to PEDs. Uh, he hasn't had a 1,000-yard season in two years. I'm not going to give him the new deal, which likely is going to probably bump it up to $25 million per year. So I'm out. But he did out. get the Chicago 770 Bears. yards in nine games. I understand. I'm not and they interested him, on and the they new deal. And they shut him down though. at the end of the year. 
So you would give him a new deal. I mean, that, that's really what it comes down to. It's not as simple as would you trade him because he's talented. Yeah. You have to also acknowledge it would require reportedly paying him twenty. So let me ask if you I'm this: the Chicago Bears, hello. Well, let me ask you if this: If I'm the Bears, I'm totally interested. If, if you're talking about a new deal, I would assume that means restructuring the one he's currently on. So that two years becomes a four or five year deal, and he's probably making an average of twenty five million. Okay, a year. yeah, five year deal, but like. What's your out point, right? Three, probably. If you're telling me restructuring his deal and giving him an extension would mean you would have an ability to get out in three years at age 33, I would 100% do that because I I know we think of the threshold here at like age 30, right? right? We think about that as like, I don't know, because it's a nice round number. Yeah. But for wide receivers, especially the elite ones, they all produce well into their 30s. They usually don't, like we think about the drop-off for running backs being around age 26, 27. For wide receivers, that usually doesn't come till 33, 34. So if you're telling me you could sign him until his 33, 34 age season and get a premier wide receiver, who, by the way, before last year, before he tore his MCL, this guy was a model of like 16 games every single year, high-level production, I'm not willing to say that this is a guy who all of a sudden is on the decline. Some team will obviously trade for him. Some team will give him the contract. I just mentioned Chicago makes sense. Remember, we're talking about the Chiefs, though. What you just said, I don't disagree with. But we just saw this past offseason that Chiefs were not willing to give $30 million per year to a guy that is the first or second best, third best wide receiver in football. Why on earth do I think that they would turn around and trade for 30-year-old D-Hop and give him $26, $27 million a year? Let me present to you a hypothetical then. Let's say that Juju comes out and is like, you know what, weak wide receiver class? Yeah. I want 24 mil. I want 25 mil per. Let's say also in this scenario, the Chiefs decide – We'll franchise tag Orlando Brown Jr., but we don't really have any plans to give him a long-term extension. Yeah, that might be happening anyway. Because that long-term extension with Brown, I think the Chiefs were giving themselves the opportunity to extend a guy like him. I think coming into the season, they thought, well, with a big year, we may end up giving him a massive contract. Mm -hmm. So if you look at two guys... Who you're not, who you may not end up giving a long-term deal to. Don't you? Doesn't your outlook on, on paying wide receivers change a little bit? I don't I, think that. We'll I see. don't think Brett Veach and yeah. the Chiefs were saying we'll never pay top-end money for a wide receiver. See, I, I think I, it was a situation, the timing of it, with Orlando Brown Jr.'s free agency coming up. I think they said we can't do this right now. But if circumstances change, I don't think that they're just never going to be willing to do it. I think certainly the Orlando Brown situation played a role in that thinking. But I remember having a conversation with all three of us on the show. And we said, unless your name is Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey, you're probably not going to be the highest paid or the top three paid at your position. They're just not going to do that. I and and, and I, I think you're you're not you're, the name you're leaving out though is Chris Jones. We didn't think he was getting 15 and a half sacks this season. That price went up drastically. He's going to have to be paid. And, and the thing with, I, I think DeAndre Hopkins still has juice. Nick, to your point, the the argument of, do I just think DeAndre Hopkins because he got hurt one time and then got suspended for six games is done? No, I'm not saying that at all. No, yeah. I don't. I think he's probably going to show up on some team and immediately be a 1,250-yard receiver with 10 touchdowns. I think he's just going to walk on to a unit and do that. Mm-hmm. I'm having a harder time at this moment feeling as desperate for free agent wide receivers probably as I was at one because they put together a semi ragtag group of wide receivers this year. 
MVS has literally been his advertised. He's a 650-yard wide receiver. They didn't even get any contribution from McCole Hardman this year. He was hurt the entire time. So it's like they didn't have McCole for majority of the year. They had a, 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 a below-average wide receiver in MVS, which is what they got. They had a solid number two, and here's the thing that I will always go back to. They don't have to pay a top-end wide receiver because they get Travis Kelsey at half the price. The ageless wonder that is Travis Kelsey you can't is going say to say that forever. Cody. I can, you can. I can say it forever because I've been, I have to every year I have to sit in here in August and I got to argue with some fan or the two of you yeah. about this is going to be the year that Travis Kelsey drops off. It's never going to happen. He's going to retire never, having never, finished. Never going to happen. He's going to retire having finished a season with 1300 okay. yards receiving. Okay. Let me make okay. this very clear. That's... He's never going to drop off. Oh, okay. He is ageless. Okay. He'll never disappear. So until Travis Kelsey's retiring, you don't have to pay a wide receiver. Uh, until, Which, so, by the way, that's a until, great strategy to just say, you know off. what? You think Brett Veach can say that when making decisions? So I, I agree. Uh, on, probably not. I agree on a sliver of what you said, which is that as long as Kelsey is producing like this, then you don't need to go and have a D hop type guy. I'm with you. But, You've said that you don't think he's but, getting a thousand yards next year. That's what you said before the season started. Are I you standing that. by that? We'll see how the off season goes. Okay, um, that's a no. What's going to change in the off season? Is it going to like? Know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how the off season goes. But the notion, if you're laughing at that, I'll laugh that you think he's going to be a 1300 yard receiver at age 38, which you actually like deep down you do believe. I think. Yes, I do. Okay. I, that's, so. Like, here's the thing. I know that sometimes, like, you're like, oh, we're listening to, like, blowhards on sports radio, or they're just making a hyperbolic point. I just want to make it very clear. I actually believe this. This isn't, like, radio fodder or me trying to, like, take a point I kind of believe and, and, and stretch it for the purposes of radio. I actually think Travis Kelsey is going to retire the final year of his season at age 38, having completed a season in which he has 12 or 1,300 yards receiving. <laughs> I was looking at the numbers real quick on D-Hop, though, more. So, he wants a new deal. His cap hit right now, even if you somehow talked him into not needing a new deal, his cap hit next year is $30 million, and the year after it's 26. Like that's The trading team would likely get less than that, but yeah, it's like not good. If you're yeah. Chicago or any of these other teams that have quarterbacks on rookie deals and aren't going to turn around and have to pay Chris Jones money the way the Chiefs probably are going to have to if they want to retain him, it's different. I, I'm not interested in the deal. Are we, we going to include the conversation that we've also had on this show, which is... This isn't really the time in the NFL where you have to get desperate for 30-year-old wide receivers. Great wide receivers. There's like 15 of them in every draft. But you have to it's hit on nuts. them. It's nuts. You just have like, to hit on them. And this, and this front office, the one thing that you can hold against them is that they have not done a great job of drafting wide receivers. It's like the last thing you can hold against Brett Feach probably at this point based on the Karloftis production we've seen this year. And, I, and, and you're right, Nick, but they've also never really taken a swing, if that makes sense. They're like out here trying to be a singles hitter. They're just like, I'll just, you know, play it safe. I'm going to sit ahead. It's fine. Like, they're not taking, they're not swinging for the fences. And at some point at wide receiver, I think you're right. The older Travis Kelsey gets, the more <laughs> Brett Veach will convince himself that maybe there's some drop off of Travis Kelsey. I mean, he's wrong, but at some point he'll I talk mean, himself yeah, into yeah, the possibility that that's going to occur. And maybe then they'll start taking those bigger swings. But the Chiefs are still the Super Bowl favorite as it sits right now, and they let go of a top-end wide yeah. receiver. I'm not feeling super desperate at the moment. All right, let's get to Nick's Notable Notes. Gotta write something down. Nick's Notable Notes. All right, guys, I want to talk about a little thing called running the football. Okay. It's a big part of how some teams have success. Not always the first thing we talk about with the Kansas City Chiefs, but... We can all agree that the eye test would indicate that ever since Clyde Edwards-Hilaire 
sort of exited the fold because this we're not we're not just talking about the injury right because there was about a three-week span before he went down where he wasn't really playing all that much if you go back to Tennessee he had four rushes for five yards he didn't get a single rush against Jacksonville two rushes for nine yards against the Chargers and that's the last game we've seen him all year long I think we're all in agreement let me go ahead and just uh let's round it let's get a quick show of hands real quick we all still in agreement that he's not going to have any role or is anyone sort oh. of worried that maybe he will come back and they're going to try and work him no, in? He's he's done for the season unless all of a sudden we've, we've found out some terrible news that Pacheco or McKinnon got hurt in practice or something. I mean, that's it. Otherwise, Clyde's not playing. So you I would really be mad trust, at the Chiefs if they you, gave him a role. Do I trust that? Yeah, I do. I think they've seen it with, with how damn good McKinnon has been and Pacheco's been, been awesome too. Yeah, no, it, Heck, I mean, Ronald Jones even showed you a little bit this past game with some carries. He can still be effective. There is no reason for the rest of the season to have go with Clyde. In the offseason, reevaluate. See what it might cost to bring back McKinnon and all that. You got Clyde on a rookie deal still. We know they're not picking up the option and all that. Walk on you Clyde. Can, you can do that. Yeah, you can. To me, you don't walk on them. You either keep them or you trade them. You don't just cut them. But that's a conversation you and I can continue to have in the offseason. Obviously, you're on a different side of it than, than I am. But he's not playing this year. There's no reason for him to. Why would you? What is the argument now? I'm, now I'm curious. To play him this year? No, no, no. For next year, where you where you yeah, guys differ on what what his. Well, so I just said. So my ahead. argument Go is, ahead. based on the number his contract will hit because he's a first round pick in year four of his contract, he's actually kind of an expensive running back. He'll be like the fifteenth highest paid running back in the NFL, even though he'll only be making like two and a half, three million dollars by running back standards. That's a lot. My argument is the million and a half dollars you can save by doing that in a lot of years can buy you a running back the caliber of Jarek McKinnon, at least in the yeah. free agency market. You still got to get the decision right. But at this point, yeah. almost any free agent running back holds more value than what you've gotten out of Clyde at this point. What, so, like, so I'd rather so, just go into free agency. So, so what I would say to that, so if you want to talk about potentially trading him in the offseason, I'm, I'm open to that. But you still have to have multiple running backs on, on your roster. And as of right this second on January 11th, the only running back that is under contract, there's two. It's Pacheco and it's Clyde. We all want McKinnon back. I have no idea what that price is going to be. I have, still I have no, low. It's He's a, very, a running it's back. It's a very yeah. deep free agency class, uh, fortunately, for running backs as well. So mine is more like you still have a 23-year-old running back that even has a backup at $3 million, but in this system, he would still get some run. I don't think is all that crazy. By the time you bring back McKinnon and then you go and bring in somebody else, you're not that terribly far off the $3 million price range. And so that's why, to me, you want to shop him, I'm all for that. But just cutting him, to me, is, is a waste. Like, McKinnon signed for less than what you'll save in cap savings for Clyde this well, next year. Well, the, the point of this conversation is for today's notes, I want to sort of highlight what this team has done rushing the ball before and after the Clyde injury or before and after sort of the shift from Clyde being a yeah. part of this mix to it being a two-headed monster of Jarek McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco. So weeks one through nine, the Chiefs ranked 16th in yards per carry. They ranked 14th in rushing touchdowns. Since then, they rank fourth in rushing touchdowns ninth in yards per carry there's also a really interesting stat i'm not going to get bogged down in analytics but i'm going to quickly explain to you what success rate is when running the ball it basically just says what percentage of the first down yardage did you get on the rush right teams who have a higher success rate obviously that means they're picking up more if it's second and six and they get uh five yards right that's a good play if it's second and six and you get one yard that's a bad play it's pretty simple the chiefs before 
weeks one through nine, when Clyde was still in there, ranked 25th in the NFL in rushing success rate. Since then, they rank second behind just the Philadelphia Eagles. So it's not just Addition about... by subtraction. Because it's not about volume, right? This takes away volume. The Chiefs are never going to be the leading rushing team in the NFL. They're never going to get a ton of yards. They're never going to have a ton of attempts. It's simply about what you do when you get with the attempts that you have. In the last half of the season, only the Philadelphia Eagles with Jalen Hurts have been a better rushing team than the Chiefs have been, which just kind of goes to show what we thought all along, but we never really had the evidence to go with it, that, you know what? The guys you put out there, even though we always talk about scheme, it's all about scheme, it's all about blocking. Uh, you know what? Maybe personnel does matter just a little bit. Maybe the guys who are getting those touches do matter just a little bit because as many headlines as Jarek McKinnon has stolen this year, Isaiah Pacheco, not just the raw numbers, 4.9 yards per carry, this year as a rookie, seventh-round pick out of Rutgers, that's better than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has done at any point in his three-year career. Very impressive tandem we've got going here with Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon. I hope they just bring McKinnon back. I don't think it'll cost more than like $2.5 million. This is maybe the single do this, Can he do this This is this the again? single, I don't know, but I, I like the combination. He's and an then anom- you draft another guy in the seventh round. That's how I would handle the running back He position. is an anomaly, though. Because the only other running backs in the NFL this year, like the starting running backs over the age of 30, Cordero Patterson and Raheem Mostert. And both of them were kind of anomalies too. Cordero Patterson was a wide receiver, sort of a journeyman, looked like he was on his way out. Then Atlanta's like, you know what? Let's try you at running back. All of a sudden, boom, one of the most efficient runners in the NFL. Raheem Mostert didn't take an NFL snap until he was 25 years old. And then you've got Jarek McKinnon, who missed two full seasons due to injury, those guys typically are done. Like you have, you missed two full years at running back at that age. Your career is usually over and now having a career year at age 30. Like this, this doesn't ever happen. It's more than just a cool story. He's making NFL history this year. NFL playoff coverage brought to you by Twin Peaks. Each drink, scenic views. Up next, we get to the 11 o'clock hour. And one player, Cody says, has to come up big like we've seen other players do for the Chiefs in the past. There's Kelsey to the end zone. Cody and Gold brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at GANN. Asphalt.com. Don't miss the Chiefs Red Half Hour every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.